Hello, and welcome to Lutheran Stuff No Drama. I'm Pastor Hoffman, and with me, as always, is Mr. Zach Lesher. Say hello to Zach. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's going good. Hope everybody had a blessed Sunday morning and a good divine service. Oh, yeah, that was great. Like, we were talking a little bit off air, and I would say at Christ Lutheran, it was pretty amazing. We did a lot with Psalm 23 today. We're on the one-year lectionary, and our choir sung, sung Psalm 23. We sing it as a congregation during the psalmody. We responsibly sing it, and I preached on it, so I think we Psalm 23'd up today. Uh, let's see here. But, moving on, uh, it's been a couple of weeks. How have your last couple of weeks been? Uh, my last couple of weeks has been a nightmare. I've been sick for four weeks now, so hopefully, Lord willing, I'm coming out of it. But I had my Job moment of, though he kill me, I will hope in him. <laughs> That's right, man. Uh, I can remember our last podcast together, we were both kind of sounding a little bit like five-pack-a-day smokers or something. <laughs> oh, man. Then the flu came the second time, and it just laid me out. I had a temp for four or five days, and I was like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> that was the your insides. <laughs> Normally you're smashing it on the outside, but on the inside it was getting to you. I'm telling you, I'm like, this can't be real life. I'm dreaming of a dream and a dream. There's <laughs> my tribulation there, so. No, yeah, I definitely, definitely. Um, so if we're to get us kind of caught back up, and by the way, I have to say uh, we have some pretty, pretty great and faithful listeners who who knew we weren't going to do the podcast uh, on the Sunday of Easter. And then the week after that, uh, we took we were both not feeling too hot, and so we took another time off. And, and yet, even in our group, they've been like, all right, guys, we're looking forward to you guys getting back. So I'm really looking forward to it, uh, even getting back on track with the Romans that we've been working on. And you tell me that we have a really good question from the the No Drama Lutheran group, which is cool. So uh, maybe we should just kick it off with uh, Romans chapter 5, which if you're following along on the Lutheran Study Bible, uh, uh, Romans 5 is, the, is, is part 5a, and so that's why we're taking off with just that chapter today. So as we sort of get in there, uh, St. Paul... Uh, starts with saying, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, but because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. For, um, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. 
For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And that's where I'll stop us there at verse 11. And you know what? There is a whole lifetime of learning to be to be gleaned from those 11 verses. Oh, it never stops. We don't want to stay on the milk. You want to move to the meat. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this. Uh, therefore, I mean, we're for Lutherans, Article 4 in our confessions, we talk about, well, we have been justified by faith. And, and, and interestingly, St. Paul points this to having peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because what does our old Adam always want to be? He wants to be the enemy. And notice the past tense and the therefore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we look at this, uh, we've obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of glory of God. So you see along here with faith, uh, St. Paul uses words like grace and even in rejoicing, I mean, and hope, I mean, come on, this is a, this is a formula for rejoicing. <laughs> You know what, These are, the, Romans 5 here at the beginning uh, is one of my texts that I'm always going to, like when I was sick, the last four weeks. I want to rejoice like St. Paul here is talking about, and, and suffering, knowing that it produces uh, character and endurance and perseverance and hope. That's the text I think about, and I think how God is purging me of anything that I cling to uh, in the flesh here that is other than Christ and him crucified. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, anytime, Paul, you notice when he talks about stuff that God does, he always, and he likes to use terms of what, well, what kind of fruit grows from this that God has planted? He never leaves us alone. He says, you know, uh, this suffering, you know, uh, it produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So Paul does this great job of, I mean, it, maybe it's not nice. Or he's, he somehow manages to always put the corpus doctrine, the whole body of theology in his teachings to say, look, I mean, he would—he's the worst person to just try to, to try to take a Bible bit from, because he makes you see the whole thing, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing. Absolutely, and uh, just know, for you, you, anyone who's suffering out there, everyone who's suffering out there, none of us are escaping tribulation and trials, but uh, that your suffering is too produce hope as the end result not hope in you but hope in jesus sure because again um 
our the suffering here uh and let me uh catch up to um but we rejoice in our sufferings, not because we're masochists or something. But <laughs> it's not like, hey, I fell down and skinned my knee. Lucky! But um, Watch me again! <laughs> that would, no. That would turn us into some kind of weirdo. That We're not that kind of weirdo. We're a different kind of weirdos. But, um, you know, it's to say that uh, the fact of the matter is when Christians try to imagine that we are we're, we're, our life is worry-free or, or, I, or I should say suffering-free because we're Christians. Well, that's just not realistic. And um, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, Paul debunks that right here. So you're not living your best life now. <laughs> no, I, although I did have the Lord's Supper today and that was, that was pretty amazing as my best life. You're getting the benefits of his best life. <laughs> Absolutely, which he imparts to me. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely um, when uh, when 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 you hear Christians saying, you know, wonder what I wonder why God I wonder why God is is doing this to me. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're saying I'm Saint Paul's like the opposite of this. He's saying, you know, when suffering happens. Uh, it, it, it points us towards, you know, uh, know that, that we have a, a redeemer who's on the other side of this. Yeah. My response might be not be as nice. It might be more like, uh, because you're an idolatry coveting <laughs> thief and God is purging you. Uh, he's repenting you, refining you through suffering. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, yeah, I I have to admit, as a pastor, sometimes that's the uh, that's the language I I do use, and uh, when people's like, "Well, how come I'm suffering?" I go, "I don't know. What'd you do?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's get to the bottom of this. If you're on fire, and five seconds ago you were seen dumping gas on yourself while smoking a cigarette, I think we found the we cause, and. Um, Instead of always saying, why did God catch me on fire? I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I saw you dumping gas on yourself while smoking. And uh, and so there's always, you know, they're like, why why do people die? Well, for Christians, we say, well, what is God going to do about death? Well, he conquers it. Yeah, he's done it. Yep. So there's, um, there's always that. But... Uh, and this is interesting, but God shows his love for us that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, this really takes away, uh, to use your term that I, I love so much, takes away the moving the goalpost kind of thing uh, by by saying that Jesus didn't die for the people who earned it. He died it for sin. He died for sinners. And, um, and those are the people who he came to bring hope to. We're the hopeless. That's right. If you're not, uh, if you're not a sinner, and you're not ungodly, meaning you're not looking at the law, and the Holy Spirit, you know, has not opened your eyes to the fact that yes, you've fallen short, and you have no need of Jesus. Yeah, I agree. I I tell those people during you know announcements. Hey, you guys, if you're not sinners and you're fine, you're perfect, I'm sorry for wasting your time. You can leave. And <laughs> they always laugh and uh, because it's to say, hey, church is the great, is, it should be, I should say, it's not in all cases, but church should be 
the great uh, equalizer. When people show up here to Christ Lutheran, for example, they don't show up uh, on the tiered things like they stand at the Olympics. Um, they're all they're all there on the flat. They're all there on the flat ground. All of our feet we're all the same height, and we're all we're all just as dead, uh, and we're all just as redeemed. So. Um, if you're, yeah, you don't want to go stand on the first, second, third podium. <laughs> that's right. Come join the degenerate bush leaguers here. <laughs> oh yeah, that's us. We're by far the bush. The league. beggars. We are all beggars. This is true. Bush league beggars. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, and I do. This is a. I think this is one of the most quotable at least around these lutherans i hang out here with in the northwest you see a lot of this but while we were still sinners christ died for us i see that a lot and um it's a it's a conversation piece you know to say to show us that well we're justified they say we're justified by his blood and this is who he came for so it does keep us away from that uh holier than thou attitude yeah, we we don't want the. I mean, everybody's confession should be all those sinners. I am chief. Um, we always have to use the law to uh, show us just how bad we are and how much of in need of Christ we are. Well, that's um, and again, if, as Lutherans, that's our deal. We love to we love to point out the great teachings of Scripture and law and gospel, and um, they both serve they both serve their own uh, reasoning, their own purpose as God has placed on them, and it only gets messed up is when we start mixing them. Yeah, may it never be. I know, I know. But you ever, when you have conversations with people and you notice the most weird drama-filled conversations are when people are just horribly mixing law and gospel. You ever notice that? I actually was in a debate with a Pelagian a couple weeks ago and I asked them, I finally said, okay, what's, what is the gospel? <laughs> and his answer was literally the law. Really? No joke. That's insane. I'm like, dude, you are beyond hope. I mean, that's like saying, could you turn the light off? Sure, you turn the light on. <laughs> Whatever. Well, well and that's, that's the opposite. The thing, the goalposts, he thinks he's keeping the law, and it's good news to him. Yeah. He's replaced Christ with Moses. Yeah. Bro, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, not cool, bro. I Put mean... Jesus back. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. What is the gospel? The law? You're fired. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, if that's how you're thinking about the law, you know, about the only thing I can think of. <laughs> There's just, it's just, it's ridiculous. But, you know, there, we'll even talk about this a little bit later, uh, but um, how confusing the law is not just a theological problem. It also it also points you to despair. That's right. If you get hung up on it, um, we always want to look to Jesus. We don't want to despair forever as Christians. You know, the Christian life is a life of repentance, but uh, we don't mourn uh, continually. It's like we uh, rejoice knowing that we are 
justified by the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. If well, I jump to roll, uh, chapter, or chapter uh, verse 9 here. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Sweet. Yeah, that's, I mean, that does it. Um, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll do the second part of this. I'll read it, and uh, we can uh, we can say deep, wonderful things or whatever. <laughs> um, starting at verse 12. Now, here's where I think it's going to really kind of hit home for people. Verse 12 begins, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned, through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And he concludes, therefore, as one trespass led to the condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now, the the law came in to increase the trespass, but where the sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through the righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Boom. Yeah, that is gold. Just, I, I, I mean, we could spend hours unpacking that. But uh, unfortunately, we only have a short amount of time, so <laughs> we're a thirty-minute show, people. We gotta sum it up. We gotta. We're, we're bush league. Guys. <laughs> we're bush league. Cut <laughs> us a break. <laughs> but you know, there's there's a couple of things that should be noted here uh, when we talk about who needs Jesus. Uh, everybody, Saint Paul is saying, you know, sin came into the world through Adam. Okay, this is, I mean, this is why we baptize babies. This is why we uh, preach the gospel uh, to people. This is why we don't just preach to certain people, but we preach to anybody who God has brought into our midst. It's to say that the reason why Jesus is for everybody is because everybody needs him. So it's the, it's, it's very, um, this is it's very much shows the the problem of sin and Jesus being the answer for everybody. 
Yes, and for the Pelagians out there, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, here we have a perfect text uh, backing original sin. Mm-hmm. And for those who want to say that infants did not inherit Adam's sin, well, we know infants die. And sin, death is a result of sin. Mm-hmm. So, to Pelagians out there, Paul rebukes you. <laughs> Paul rebuking you. In the name of Jesus, Paul is rebuking you. In the name you. of Jesus, Paul rebukes you. Game over. Yeah. Well, I mean, is, that sounds like he's being very pastoral, too, because, um, I mean, the truth of the matter is, as a pastor, I, I don't rebuke people based on my... Um, Based on my awesomeness, I, I any rebuking I do is to say, you know, Jesus has already taught that this is a bad problem, whatever, and um, it, it's not, it's no bueno kind of thing. So, um, and Paul does it in the book of Romans to these Roman Christians and for us who are reading it today. And um, so there's a, there, I, I really appreciate that. That's pretty much what I want to say that. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah, and we don't ever add to these texts, so we don't ever want to take away from texts. So if there's something that's not here that we don't know, uh, we're not trying to add to it. But uh, there's enough we can know. Like infants die, therefore, you know, they've inherited original sin. Mm-hmm. This is not a doctrine we made up. Um, but fear not, because Jesus saves sinners. So. Yeah. When you go to evangelize to somebody, remember, um, they're deaf originally. They don't, without the Spirit, we are blind, dumb, dead fools. Mm-hmm. There is no life in us. The Spirit brings us Christ. So remember that if you're uh, evangelizing out there to somebody, that uh, the Holy Spirit is working in the words you're giving them to create faith, and they're going to resist you. Well, this is... Uh... This is most certainly true, um, and I I do I do dig that Paul is talking about uh, this one act of righteousness leads to the justification and life for all men. Well, Paul's going to tell us that we know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. The death and resurrection of Jesus, it's not the death and resurrection of Jesus plus my works. You know, it, it's that is the event that to, to tell us die, it is finished. Uh, don't go looking for a different savior. Or, yeah, Paul says in Galatians, if we are an angel from heaven, preach another gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be anathema. Yeah. So, so. he, I just Paul just, I mean, he, he just likes to tighten stuff down. And that's what I like about him. <laughs> um, so now you were talking to me about uh, about a question that was asked or a concept. Yeah, let me word it out. I'll word it out. Let's okay. talk about um, penitent sinners, someone who is stuck in a sin but seeking uh, absolution, knows it's sin, versus self-justifying sinners who would like to just erase one of the commands and say, it's okay, I do this. Oh, yeah. Well, you have... uh, 
So let's pretend um, we have a friend out there who's stuck in the sin of stealing. And they know it's wrong, but because of the fall of Adam, they're addicted to stealing. And they fight it. They fight it constantly by the Spirit, but they still fall prey to the stealing. And they don't think they're forgiven because they keep falling over and over again. What would you tell that person? Well, you're you're dealing with sinners, and uh, they start using... Well, I think a lot of times these people that are so crushed by the law, they need to hear some good news. Uh, when we talk about, you know, we remember when sort of the Pharisees were asking Jesus... Hey, in uh, Matthew eighteen twenty one, for example, Lord, how many, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. In other words, um, the, the, the number of forgiveness, the level of forgiveness in Christ is, that's a ridiculous number, uh, 77. But, um, it is, it, it's to say that you, people need to hear some comfort. Yeah, you know what? You're struggling. Something bad is happening in your life, and it's habitual. This isn't an after-school special. Somebody doesn't just come up to you and say, you know, kid, you got to stop doing that. And then everybody says, yeah, it's great. And they're all hugging, and the credits start rolling, and, and they lived happily ever after. That's just not, that's just not reality. Um, the truth of the matter is, is people that are broken, we can't get offended when they start continuing in being broken. Like, otherwise we become those puritanical people that we despise so much and to say, well, you're a Christian. How come you keep messing up? Well, <laughs> cause I, I'm a, I'm a sinner too. Right. Yeah. The, the fruit is always in someone's confession. If they're confessing it to be sin. And they're seeking help for the sin, and they know it to be wrong. Well, we know they're of God because the Spirit has enlightened them to that information. So, forgiveness is there for them, too. Because I tell you, just as the the thief steals over and over and is stuck in this sin and seeking help for it, the coveter covets even more. Yeah. It's, uh, you definitely, yeah, the, the problem becomes, and I've seen this in my time in the ministry, is when you're dealing with broken people who happen to love Jesus, broken people who happen to be redeemed by Jesus, but um, when, when, when they display in their works that they are sinners and broken sinners and, and pastors that get all frustrated with that, um, well, the truth of the matter is, well, the pastor is a sinner too, but um, the truth of the matter is, is uh, what these people need isn't more uh, puritanical lecturing. They need they need to hear some good news in the light of their confession. Because if somebody came to me and said, you know, and I'll use your example, I'm a kleptomaniac, and uh, I, I keep even though even though I know a stealing is wrong, it's all I can think about even. And so what they're saying to me is, I've sinned, and I'm sorry, and what they're going to hear is absolution. Now, a life of a Christian may involve um, returning something you stole, for example. But that isn't, the, that, isn't the, that isn't the thing that brings about the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins comes to somebody, and they're free to return it. 
they're free to you know it's it's not saying well i'll forgive you if you return it well no that that's not why you're here you're here to confess a sin and receive forgiveness and i think that's where they get caught up is to say well unless i do this penance not being repent unless i do this penance whichever you assign to me pastor hoffman then i won't be forgiven right and i'm like no that, that's not that's not what we're doing you know speaking of that let me jump in with the flesh loves penance because it puts me in control of my salvation again again oh you you're gonna flog me 30 times that's great because then I've had my punishment and I can elevate myself to heaven. No, 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 no. Jesus saves and you have to cling to the promise and trust him alone. And when you confess that and you receive the absolution, there's no more for you to do. And if you return the thing, then that would be a fruit of repentance, a fruit of faith. I agree. I totally um, because again, you're not saying return it and I'll forgive you. A forgiven person is, is acknowledging, you know, this was wrong. And the fruit of that is, is yeah, they return it. And so it, it is important to see the difference between conditional forgiveness and actual forgiveness. Yeah. And to all you husbands out there, me included, we all know what, what we're talking about when you snap at your wife and then, uh, Two hours later, you're like, you know, I'm sorry. I had a long day. I shouldn't have done that. Um, Holy Spirit works contrition because yeah. you murdered. You were angry in your heart. And and then a couple hours later, you're feeling guilty. And, you know, the fruit of faith comes forward with the apology. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that's for us. You know, I mean, it's a, it is an absolute gift. So I got that going for me, which is nice. You know, we have, uh, we have, we have this forgiveness and, but again, the repentance and yeah, the marriage thing, you know, if I had a nickel for every time I did something boneheaded as a husband, I, I think, uh, I think I would be pretty rich. Yeah, I guess the question is this. Okay. Well, the answer is this. If you know that what you're doing is wrong and you are sorry then you can be certain that jesus has forgiven you because you cannot create sorrow for sin uh or even know that it's wrong without the enlightenment of the holy spirit absolutely the uh, an un an un uh, somebody without the holy spirit isn't seeking reconciliation with christ here let me prove my point right now pastor hoffman be sorry to me just be sorry to me right now well i've probably messed up enough to where it wouldn't take me long to find some <laughs> but you, you get my point yeah. it just doesn't happen like that i can't tell you hey be sorry right now to the president of the united states <laughs> and <See>, god <laughs> comes externally yeah no, that no, you're right. It is a it is a, a remorse and things like that. Well, that that does come as a. I mean, even I I will say just so nobody out there misunderstands us and we create drama. Um, an an unbeliever can feel sorry for doing something that's wrong, but they're the ones that don't know to seek reconciliation with Christ. So unbelievers feel the sting of the law. But only through faith, as St. Paul says, do we have any peace with Christ. 
Right, and we would call that worldly grief versus uh, godly repentance. Paul talks about that to the Corinthians. Yep. So just so just to make sure we don't stir up anything. Oh man, I just looked at it and guess what? It's been thirty minutes. The the fastest bush league Lutheranism no drama radio podcast on the interwebs uh, has yet survived one more show. Um, and by the way, what a good topic we got on here. And, and I think it was really pertinent to the Romans, uh, lesson. Yeah, it was good. And, uh, we Bush leaguers, we can move pretty fast here. It's true. It's true. You got to, um, so, well, um, that's pretty much what we have all the time for today. Uh, remember we're on, for those of you listening, we're on iTunes you can find us at nodramalutherans.podbean.com, and of course you uh, you can uh, you can uh, find us on Facebook, which is uh, Lutheran stuff, no drama. And uh, anything else you want to close us on, Zach? No, I just uh, everybody um, rightly understand the contrition and faith. Go to the Book of Concord, check it out follows our lesson today. Jesus is your substitute, and uh, have a blessed week. All right, man. Take care. Hey.